0: What's happening everybody? You're listening to another episode of The Soundtrack, a podcast discussing film, television, and video game music with the fans, geeks, and super freaks. Hey, I hope everyone's having a great holiday season so far. It's your host Zach Demas. I got another great show for you this month, uh, sort of a post-Thanksgiving pre-Christmas episode if you like. I'm just really looking forward to talking about just some of my favorite Christmas music from, uh, Movies and and a little bit of TV. There will be a little bit of TV in there too, um, and it'll be kind of spanning a, a long period of time. I've got some classic stuff as well as some uh, a little bit more recent uh, Christmas music too. I didn't really want to focus on uh, like one specific holiday soundtrack this time around. I wanted to just see if I could how much I could fit in in one episode. Um, and it's kind of hard to rank it too. You know, like top five, top ten. I'll get back to doing those ranked lists. Uh, in the future, but I just, it, it'd be hard to do for a Christmas episode. It's man. Music's just so subjective. It's hard. It's hard to really rank some, some of that stuff without, without, you know, making a lot of people angry at me. So, uh, I'm going to do my best, but, uh, but that'll be in the future. Um, for this episode, I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite stuff. And as always, I got a special guest and, uh, this, and, uh, this episode, it's going to be my brother, Alex, again. Um, I've had, uh, Alex on. I promise I'll get some new guests. Actually, I think I'm going to have a, a new special guest uh, next month. But uh, uh, Alex is going to be on again. We're going to talk about our f- favorite uh, Christmas music, um, growing up together and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it should be another great time. I'm looking forward to it. hope you guys are too. Before that, I just wanted to uh, – I think I mentioned in my last episode um, how I wanted to uh, – I want to start uh, like a short little series here of like YouTube creator spotlights. I want to I wanna do a spotlight on a different – Um, musician or uh, some YouTube uh, channel uh, creator that uh, has really kind of inspired me. And I've just really enjoyed watching uh, their videos on YouTube. And I just kind of wanted to give them some more exposure um, because I really admire the work that they do. And I feel like uh, more people should at least be aware of what they're doing because it's some really cool stuff. Um, And there's actually two people. That the first two people I want to talk about are actually have a- are friends I believe and actually have w- have worked together on a few uh, projects. Their names are uh, uh, Brent Black. His his YouTube channel is Brentel Floss, and uh, his friend is Dave Balmer. Uh, his channel is called uh, uh, Demon Tomato Dave. Well, actually, he's from the UK, so I guess it'd be Demon Tomato Dave. So uh, yeah, so th- there are a couple of great. Um, Uh, Like kind of songwriters, musicians, uh, they do some different stuff. They're kind of multi-talented, but uh, they work together. And I I just wanted to talk about um, Dave Bulmer specifically on this episode just because uh, I was watching a video. uh, uh, Brent Black is popular for doing uh, videos about uh, video game music and like adding lyrics to existing uh, video game tunes. It's called the, the What If Such and Such Had Lyrics Series. That's kind of the series that he does. Um, and it's really brilliant. And on on some occasions, he's worked with uh, Dave Balmer, uh, Demon Tomato Dave. And they did this one in particular video. It was just kind of a massive project. They did uh, um, the video game uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with lyrics. They did this very long. It was like a nine-minute video. And it was just r- brilliant. And then uh, I happened to be watching recently uh, one of their – like kind of a bonus feature video that came out. I think the video itself um, was released on – Around Christmas time, around this time, a couple years ago, and then uh, they he rele- uh Dave released some uh, kind of bonus content uh, a year later, a year following the release of that video, one of their most successful videos. So I thought it'd be perfect to talk about Dave uh, just a little bit for my first spotlight here. Um, he is a he's a great lyricist. He's he's pretty multi talented. He does a lot of different stuff, and he's his YouTube videos are are, are very different. They're not all about music. Um, but when he does do a lot of music stuff, he's, he's a very, uh, he's a very skilled, uh, lyricist. Like he, he really understands lyrics very well. And, uh, he's also very good with like acapella. He, he really understands acapella harmony and all that stuff. Um, I think in that Ocarina of Time video, he, he recorded all the backing tracks himself, uh, with, uh, just his voice. It's pretty amazing. I, I, I think he said in one of his videos is over, uh, over a hundred tracks or something like that. Um, just, it was all him. Like he just did all this music and, and he he edited the music in such a way, you'll have to see all this special, watch the video if you haven't and then see all the special features because he explains how he uh, was able to manipulate all this video game music that, you know, kind of goes on forever. Um, you know, it just kind of loops because it's, you know, it's video game music. So the purpose of it is to keep going but the Ocarina of Time soundtrack is is very um, ingenious in itself, and I'll talk more about uh, that in a later episode. But just the way he manipulates the music to, you know, he makes they make a medley out of it, and they have all these different songs, and the way he superimposes uh, different songs on top of each other, different themes happening to really make this story out of the music. It's really incredible, um, and he does all the the backing tracks himself. And uh, it's just really spectacular. So I, I thought I'd just kind of give him a, a shout-out. Uh, check out Dave Bulmer, Demon, Demon Tomato Dave. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's just really funny and uh, really creative. It's really cool to uh, follow his YouTube videos. Um, but, so check out uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with lyrics, that video, um, because you'll get a good idea of who, um, of who Dave is, but also uh, Brent Black, uh, Floss, who I'll probably talk about next time uh, the next time I do one of these spotlights. Um, and maybe even also check out, uh, super Mario land and super Mario land two with lyrics, those two videos. Um, because I think because the, the two of them collaborate in, in those, uh, videos as well, those two songs. Uh, and it's just really, it's really entertaining. They're so hilarious together. They're great individually too, but, uh, it, I think it'd be a good way to get introduced to both of them at the same time. Check out, uh, both of them at the same time by watching those, uh, those videos. Um, so, all right, that's my first YouTube creator spotlight and I uh, look forward to doing the next one. Uh, but right now let's just get into the holiday spirit and, uh, talk about some, some of my favorite Christmas songs. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to start off with a classic Christmas song. Um, and it's interesting because it's not classic in, in the sense that it doesn't. It's not bright. It's not cheerful like Christmas is. It's kind of the exact opposite. But I think it's just because so many people have grown up listening to this song and watching the movie How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, "You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch" is is such a an iconic song. I think that even though it doesn't have the Christmas sound, like. You generally, when we, when we listen to Christmas music, there's kind of a specific sound in terms of maybe like sleigh bells or certain instruments. It's usually major key songs, but there has to be some of those minor key songs in there. There has there has to be that different angle, you know, of Christmas. Some people see Christmas as a very you know selfish time. You know, the Grinch is a very selfish person, so you you kind of have to get those those two sides of the coin there and i think this song um the Grinch, really uh captures that that feeling and so even though it's not a a bright happy song there are songs like that in the movie but this one this song sticks out so much because it's the exact opposite and i think that's the song that we've kind of gravitated towards been covered by so many people over the years um and, uh, yeah, it's uh, lyrics were by Dr. Seuss, obviously. Uh, Albert Hegg, uh wrote the music. And Thurl Ravenscroft is, is – uh, who made the song famous with his uh, gloriously deep voice. Um, he, uh, I looked this up. I guess apparently uh, Ravenscroft was also the voice of Tony the Tiger originally, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and, and after listening to the song, I could hear that. It was weird. I didn't – until I read that, I had – I hadn't thought about that so but yeah, so uh, uh, I thought that was cool Thurl Ravenscroft really popularized this song great performance I'm just gonna share a couple of my my favorite things about this song like what makes it so great What really makes this song stick out is obviously is the like the incredibly vivid word choice? It's just uh, astounding how uh, descriptive the song is and it's uh, it's almost entirely it's pretty much entirely verses there's no chorus the only real repeti- uh the only real repetition that you hear uh, in this song is the very first line uh, you're a blank Mr. Grinch or you're this Mr. Grinch whatever and that's pretty amazing That's and so all the lyrics beyond that uh, relate back to that uh, that first line, the very first line, it's the and it's the uh, the title of the song. That's it's just a very unusual um, song uh, structure to what we hear now. Um, usually, the chorus, we there's lots of chorus and it's repeated, so you get. Like a whole um, section of music that has that main idea, but in this in this particular song, the first line is the main idea, and then everything you write after that still the same idea. The the lyrics all relate back to the title. Um, that's a great um, songwriting tip for anybody out there writing a song. Make sure that your all your lyrics. Uh, in your verses uh, even the chorus lyrics make sure that it all relates back to the title in some way just make sure that your audience totally understands what you're trying to communicate so yeah it's uh, there's great um lyrics all throughout and they all relate back to the to the very beginning that first line so well and they relate to the title uh, the song really gets the point across and just some of my favorite uh, lyrics that they use in this in the song are um, like, you're a crooked jerky jockey uh, and you drive a crooked horse I think that's a very interesting line it's it's so unlike the other line it's so unlike the other lyrics in the song most of the other lyrics are um, convey something like disgusting unsightly um, sickening but like a jerky jockey is like you know says all pretty much the same thing but in a, in a very a pretty different way it's just a different another angle uh, like he's very twisted he's not right obviously. And I just think that's a very clever line. It's 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 a little bit different than the other like, uh, moldy purple spots, garlic in your soul, uh, those lines like that that happen uh, throughout the song, uh, termites in your smile, uh, stuff like that. It's just like it, it goes away from the kind of the grossness, you know, the disgusting imagery, and. Uh, jerky jockey I just think is such a clever line and then also my my other favorite lyric in this song is uh, the the first lyric after you're a mean one Mr. Grinch at the very beginning of the song and that's uh, you really are a heel and I think I really like that line because when you talk about writing good song lyrics it's not just what you say it's how you say it or how you sing it um, I've probably talked about this before but you really are a heel that, that heel is uh, really jumps out because it's uh, it's a long kind of a long vowel a long e and uh, uh, you can really hold that note and it's just kind of a fun line to sing and I've heard that lyric interpret and all these different covers of the song I've heard people interpret it uh, differently and it's very interesting and then so you've got these great lyrics but at the same time uh, you've got this perfect accompaniment. That if you notice, if you listen to the original version of this song, it never changes. It's basically just repeated. Uh, but the very beginning is always the same, which is fine because the I feel like it, the that that accompaniment really works. The 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 musicians behind uh, uh, underneath the vocals uh, really makes sense. You know, uh, so I feel like if you've got something. If you've got something like simple enough that it really enha- it elevates what's going on, uh, rather than getting in the way, do that. They it fills the spaces, um, the little interjections in the brass, just certain things that that uh, fill in the rest of what's going on. That that kind of uh, make up the big picture of the song. Uh, it's great. Don't change it. You might as well just repeat that over and over, because really what it what it is is just an accompaniment. Uh, it's not supposed to, you know, grab your attention too much because in this type of song, you really want to just be hearing the lyrics. Uh, and you're also obviously watching it with stuff that's happening on screen. It's, it's part of a movie. So you want all your attention to be, to be devoted to that. You don't want to be, uh, the music's not important there anyway. And, you know, me being a musician, like I always I like to hear those inner lines and things that are happening behind and underneath and, and all around. But, uh, at the same time, you have to understand your role as a musician, whether you're a performer or a uh, like an instrumentalist or a singer, you have to understand your role. And I think what's so great about this song is that uh, the roles are clearly established and you really like they want you to hear those lyrics. And it's such as they do a successful job of um, supporting it without really getting in the way. And uh there's just certain techniques within the ensemble that they use certain like chord voicings and uh dynamic contrasts that uh that really affect the song without getting in the way of the song there's they these things happen at the right times so i just think it's great how the 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 accompaniment works together and it fits with the lyrics but also so when you do actually um listen closely to the uh the accompaniment you listen to the orchestra you can hear how the song is really supposed to be more like a swing it's uh uh kind of a, like a slower swing tune nasty you know uh, so, uh, like uh uh maybe sort of like sardonic uh kind of that kind of thing um like that kind of attitude it just has a it has a like a bad attitude but at the same time there's like a uh th- there's a juxtaposition with like straight eighth notes uh, that you can hear you hear it every time at the very beginning of each verse um the clarinets play the same um like triplet figure they play the same triplet figure and then uh a little bit after that the rhythm section uh the rhythm instruments play like a like a syncopated figure like on the upbeats but they play them uh straight they don't uh uh they conflict with the with the triplet feel that's happening because all of a sudden it's Uh, it's just in straight time so you can't really tell like what sort of feel you're going for it's like it's obviously jazzy there's like clarinet sound like you've got kind of jazzy sounds but at the same time it's um you you just can't really tell based on the rhythm like what like what the feel is you know um so that's what gives you that really that real that conflicting kind of a feel and and which is perfect it reflects the uh the song perfectly and it reflects the lyrics because you know like a you know crooked jerky jockey like that's basically what's happening is like um the time is just uh, so uncomfortable you know that it's just creating this really um like interesting like it's very cartoony like it really reflects the style of the animation and the story everything that's happening uh there so i think it's just a great uh, so I think it's just a great um, technique that's used. I'm gonna play a little bit of it just so you can kind of hear that um, that conflict that's going on and like kind of how discombobulated it sounds. Like it just kind of uh, it doesn't sound uh, totally smooth. It's not really smooth, but at the same time there is a smoothness to it because the the Grinch is you know like slinky and sleuthy you know. So it's uh there there it's just there's a lot of like contradicting elements to this music that um really all together when you when you put it all together really does feel like the grinch like in in music form kind of so uh so here it is uh listen just listen to like the just the first few measures of cuz it happens the uh, over and over again so uh here's just the the first few measures of the verse
1: you're a mean one mr grinch you really are a hero. You're as cuddly as a and
0: let me just say before moving on that uh, I think of all the covers of this song that uh, have ever existed, there's just so many, um, so many artists have covered this song. Uh, I think the, the my favorite version, I think the best version of this song, uh, was recorded by Take Six. Uh, it was on the album uh, "The Most Wonderful Time of the Year," I think is the name of the album uh, by uh, Take Six. a Great vocal group. Um, they do just a great cover of the song and what what's great about it is they really um, they take the elements from the original recording they take a lot of those uh, harmony parts uh, accompaniments and they elaborate on it rather than doing something completely different rather than throwing it all away they use those ideas from the original version and they just warp it a little bit and they put their style into it because uh, they, they're really great at gospel jazz, all that stuff um, there's really like a there's a dramatic style uh, style shift that happens, uh, in there, but like they just have, they all have such great time that they can, uh, like they change rhythms here and there, but it all kind of, it's still, it still stays together. It just stays really glued together. Um, they're just such fantastic musicians, I think. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, take six version of, uh, of you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is my favorite version of the song, but the, the original version, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, uh, is such a great, uh, Christmas tune in like kind of a non-conventional sense. It's it's just uh it's very synonymous with Christmas. And uh, I thought it was a perfect way to start off this list.
1: The three words best to describe you are as fellows and I quote distinct stink stone. Okay. that. Going there now,
0: Okay, next I want to talk about um Actually, a group of songs that it's really hard to say which song is the best because I think my favorite song in the Polar Express is Hot Chocolate, I think, but that, that doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas. Um, that's just my favorite track in the in the movie. It's my favorite tune in the movie. Um, but there's a lot of great music in this soundtrack, and I feel like the soundtrack really carries the movie because, to be honest, I, I the movie's not very memorable for me. It's all right. Uh, it's, it's an okay movie, but it's nothing that I, uh, that really sticks in my mind. I think just more the song Hot Chocolate is kind of nostalgic to me because uh, when I was uh, 13, when I was in middle school, we, did, uh, we played that song in, in a jazz band. I played drums on it, and uh, that's, that tune has, a, has a, a very important drum part. Um, so I, Hot Chocolate is more nostalgic to me than anything. But the soundtrack is actually really strong, um, and also uh, "Rockin' on Top of the World" is a, is a great tune. But that's also doesn't really have much to do with Christmas. Um, I played it. I played that song in the car for my brother the other day just to uh, see if he could guess what the movie, uh, what movie it was from. And he didn't know. Like, he got it, it was North Pole. Um, he, he had. He knew it was uh, a Christmas movie, but he he just had no idea it was from Polar Express. And I wouldn't have been able to guess either if somebody uh, try to do that to me. So I, I just like picking on my brother sometimes with, with that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's fun. We like to try and, uh, get each other to guess quotes and stuff, uh, and, and songs. And, and, but this particular song, like it's just, you couldn't really say, uh, if somebody asked you what "Rockin' on top of the world is from you, I, I wouldn't be able to guess, uh, but it's still a nice song. It's just that there's no distinct uh, quality about it that gets you to to think of Christmas or to that gets you to think of that movie. Um, but there are a couple of songs in that movie that do do that. Um, obviously, the the very first uh, song I think in the movie, uh, the Polar Express, basically the uh, the song about the uh, the the train itself at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, that uh, that's a great song because really, like you actually have. Uh, some elements of Christmas in there that the uh, children's choir, the children's chorus, and you've got, uh, um, and then you also have like the train sound, like the train rhythm. You've got the uh, the the drums playing like brushes on on the snare drum, uh, and that kind of thing. So it's like it's playing strict time. So, like, you've got this driving forward, and so that's, oh, sounds like a train, that's Polar Express. So, boom, like, there you go. See, some of the other songs don't do that. But that's not, like, every song in the movie has to do that, because at that point you already know what show you're watching. <laughs> uh, so, but it's songs like that, like, that's a great first song to have in the movie because you really uh, get that understanding of, you know, that's the train. That's the, 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 the train rhythm, plus all these, like, uh, cascading uh, string textures and woodwind textures happening over the top of that driving rhythm that are like longer note values, um, uh, longer melodies and stuff like that, um, gets you like a perfect, that's just such a perfect combination of, uh, like, a or, or not a combination, but like a great balance. Like that's like perfect balance, you know, um, having those, those two different elements, uh, very distinct elements. I think my favorite part of that song though, is, uh, this really strong forward-moving bass line that happens every time uh, the Polar Express lyric comes up at the end of every um, at the end of every verse at the end of every phrase. There's uh, just a great downward-moving bass line that uh, that happens that uh, really propels the song forward and uh, it, it like just gives a very strong harmonic structure to that song. And I think uh, with all those other elements uh, in there. You've got this great bass line that really is uh, the foundation for all that. So I think that's a that's one of my favorite parts of that song. And then you've got um, a song, I think a little bit later in the movie, uh, "Spirit of the Season," I think it's called. That's where that's your big orchestral number. That's your big Christmas orchestral icon of a, of a piece of music in this movie. Um, very big leaps in the brass, like uh, very big leaps um, in the melody. It's just a, a really grand feeling that you get from from this melody and from like that's the hook of the tune right there that's what you uh uh, that's what you remember about that so like it's great the great thing about film music and and uh orchestral music is that like any pop song there can be a great hook there can be a great uh quality about a, a song that whether or not there's there's words in it or or whatever whatever the style is there's always something that can catch the listener's attention Yeah, and Spirit of the Season, it's just like that's the uh, quintessential piece of Christmas music in this movie. I think brass heavy, but like there's just there's everything in it. Like the song just has a little bit of everything, Uh, and it's just so uh, it's just so forceful um, and joyous. Like those are the words that come to my mind when I think of that song, Spirit of the Season. Um, So the Polar Express, just overall, uh, that is definitely like a Christmas movie. Like in contrast to like The Grinch um this is like the more this is more like what we're used to seeing and and hearing about christmas you know and i think that's why like the polar express is a beautiful movie um even though i personally don't care for it that much but it's it's uh it's a great piece of of work for uh the christmas holiday and the christmas season and that's that's why i decided to include it that's why it's some of my favorite christmas music because it's just it has that feeling, it, it, and it's not, and it's not a movie that one w- would instantly go to in their mind as the, as Christmas, as their favorite thing about Christmas, um, or even about Christmas music. I don't know, but uh, I think The Polar Express is just uh, one of the best things about Christmas, my my Christmas experience, uh, and just there's a little bit of nostalgia in there for me as well. Um, you know, great use, great blend of jazz and orchestral styles. It's just everything is. Uh, really enjoyable about uh, that music, so so yeah. The Polar Express, uh, great movie, and and I'm just gonna have to put that on uh, and and watch it if it's pr- if it's not on TV. I bet it will be on TV a million times over the next couple of months. But uh, I'd like to I'd like to see that movie again. Maybe I'll have a different opinion uh, second time around. Okay, so as you may know, I was going to do an episode in this podcast series about Family Guy and about the music from Family Guy, um, but I ran into a lot of problems, and one of the problems that I ran into on a lot of the songs was uh, I was doing my research, and I I hadn't done enough research before uh, putting the podcast together about where the song, certain songs came from. I tried to do uh, just a list of music. I tried to exclude like songs that were referenced to something else, like unoriginal music. I was trying to avoid that. But I, I realized there was a lot more they they Family Guys stole a lot more songs. Um what even though even if they changed the lyrics, they stole a lot of songs and a lot of inspiration from a, a ton of like more like classic older movies and stuff like that, and and musicals and stuff, and I just uh, couldn't uh, I had to kind of uh, put the brakes on that project because I needed to do more research as to what really is original music in Family Guy, because there is some original music in Family Guy, even though um, a lot of the music that they've taken and a lot of the jokes and references in that show is just so unoriginal, there are some original things about Family Guy, and that's why I still like Family Guy. Uh, Family Guy, at least the classics, will always have a special place in my heart, and Especially the music, um, so I will probably get back to that at some point once I know for sure where all the music uh, is from, so that I can you know better represent the the works that uh, the the Family Guy songs are derived from. Uh, just uh, so that you guys are aware, I don't want to be giving out false information. So, but for as for the next song that I want to talk about, actually is I believe an original song. And because a lot of the, a lot of the original music in Family Guy has actually been um, nominated for, for awards and stuff like that, or has even won some uh, uh, either nominated for Grammys or Emmy, Emmys, I'm not sure. Um, again, I'll have to go back and look. You can fact check me on all this stuff too. But yeah, there's just there's uh, whenever they do original music, it's, it's always fantastic. Uh, it's a Wonderful Day for Pi, uh, uh, for example, from the, the episode road to, road to the Multiverse. Uh, that song, I think, won an award. But then in another road show episode, if you've seen the show, Family Guy, uh, they do, uh, Stewie and Brian go on these, you know, uh, these road trip kind of adventures, like their adventure episodes um, with the two of them, and usually there's a musical number involved, and it, it's some of the best episodes that Family Guy does. And in the episode Road to the North Pole... Which I think was season nine, roughly, somewhere in there. They, they, they did. There was a song in that episode. Actually, two songs, but I'm going to only talk about one of them. The one song I wanted to talk about, uh, going back to kind of the the depressing angle of Christmas, kind of like an anti-Christmas song in a in a way. Um, in the second half of the uh, episode, there's a song called "Christmas Time Is Killing Us," and I think both of the Christmas songs in this uh, episode are great. And now we're finally getting into some TV uh, applications of of Christmas songs rather than movies, which is great. This song "Christmas Time Is Killing Us" is is great because uh, it's like the total opposite. It's like the answer to the song they do at the beginning. Uh, all I were all I really want for Christmas, and that's like the happy uh, kind of a typical Christmas song, kind of like we talked about. And but the reason why I wanted to talk about "Christmas Time Is Killing Us" as opposed to the other one is. Uh, Christmas Time is Killing Us is by Ron Jones. Uh, all I Really Want for Christmas is actually, while it's an original, I think it's an original Family Guy song technically, it wasn't, f- the song didn't first appear in that episode. Its origins go back to an, an earlier Christmas album. Uh, and the song was actually written by Walter Murphy, so I I was uh, mistaken I think in that regard. I was going to talk about these two songs in that Family Guy podcast episode, uh, but I'm going to talk about one of them here. I'll talk about Christmas Time Is Killing Us because that one I know for sure was written for this episode I, I think, and uh, and by Ron Jones too, a different composer. Now to be honest, uh, I I I love Walter Murphy. He's one of my all time favorite composers. But in terms of these two songs. Uh, in this episode, if you want to compare the two, I think that Christmas Time is Killing Us is a little bit better than the other song, even though I feel like Walter Murphy is a little bit better composer than Ron Jones. It's really tough, you can't really compare. Uh, but th- in terms of these two songs, Christmas Time is Killing Us is a, a fantastic song because there's so much more contrast in this song. And what I mean is, so basically, the, what the song is about is, is Stewie and Brian. Uh, it's road to the North Pole, so they they uh, traveled to the North Pole to see Santa because um, Stewie wants to get his revenge on Santa, and so they want to go to the North Pole. And but then when they get there, they realize that Santa, because of uh, all of the selfishness that was established in the opening song in the at the very beginning of the episode, uh, they they come to realize that the North Pole is like is is basically hell and uh Santa's been dried up like he's got no magic left he's not jolly anymore it's just a, a a very depressing scene because people are so selfish he can't meet the demand you know it's like a more of a a realistic version of christmas like if uh you know if you want to think about it that way but yeah it's a great song like there's great contrast in the song because uh they meet Santa and so Santa starts saying how it's just it's so grim and you know and we just uh we're tired uh, this is how it is here now uh christmas in the north pole just it's it's a disaster it, like it's just it's just pain pretty much but then stewie offers like kind of a rebuttal that's like uh it, like super contrasting to like the main melody so you've got like the the uh the main melody and then you've got like this so you've got like the a section the verse where um the, you know santa talks about You know, his problems, but then Stewie, uh, the the B section, Stewie comes back with, you know, an argument for why Santa is so great. And, you know, you can't give up, that kind of thing. Like, he's very positive, which is unusual for for Stewie. But, yeah, he's just trying to be very positive and and picking up Santa. And the the music changes to fit those different styles. So you've got a very dynamic tune. You have a much um, more—this song is much more diverse in terms of uh, uh, technique— and and those sort of things. Let me tell you, us uh, like w- one of the like the major thing that happens uh, in this song that r- that really creates this great contrast. Where it happens is in the melody, and not just and that can be kind of you know generic because like the melody melody has different properties that make it uh, you know memorable. So what makes this melody so unique? What makes this melody interesting is the shape of the melody, like the line, not necessarily the rhythm, but the line, like the shape of the notes like if you were to graph out like on a piece of paper like the note choices and like if you connected them all together with a line you would get this you know this shape you've got these very interesting lines uh and one of them in in the in the verse uh when santa sings you've got this interesting kind of downward motion since this is in a minor key it's a like kind of a depressing song or at least the, this section of the song is is supposed to be uh, sad or more depressing. You've got kind of a downward shape happening with this uh, with this melody. You've got um, it kind of hangs like the phrase starts at the top, and then you've got like these dips to lower notes, and then back up, and then eventually you end like kind of on a low uh, root note. So it's like you this you're kind of you're feeling the melody kind of sliding down to the bottom and stopping. Whereas in the Stewie section. You have uh, this start at the bottom, and then you've got this leap up to the top, and then it kind of comes back down, and the, like the phrase starts at the bottom coming up, so you have this feeling of lift, uh, positivity, right? And then, and then the phrase kind of like he Stewie ends his phrase before Santa takes over. Sant, uh, Stewie s- stops his phrase kind of on a on a, a higher note, kind of in the middle. Um, rather than coming back down to the bottom, you know. So listen to these two distinct um, melody shapes that, you know, kind of are the opposites of each other but, like, create this really beautiful contrast um, and a- that-, that matches the lyrics and it matches the tone of the overall song. Here it is.
1: Each bell would peal with a silvery zeal As the holiday feeling was killing us but now instead all we're feeling is dread because Christmas time is killing us. But can't you see that what you do is a dream come true? Can't you see that every smile makes it all worthwhile?
0: No. See, there's there such strong melodies, and it's so interesting because uh, there's so much shape. There's a lot of leaps. It's, it's very interesting with all the leaps that are in the... Uh, these melodies and these lines, um but it's still uh it's still very singable. like you can still sing along with it. It's pretty easy. And you know, coupled with like fun lyrics to sing, like it's very it has that family guy stamp on it, you know, so uh it's it's one of those things that's kind of fun to sing, even if it's you know not the happiest song, it's still um y- you enjoy it. And I think with these interesting shapes, you just get very unique melodies that I think really uh stick with you. So yeah, that's uh, Christmas time is killing us. And uh, also check out "All I Really Want for Christmas." That's a that's a very entertaining song too, and it's it's uh, very uh, happy. Um, and uh, I'll probably talk about that song as well at some point whenever I do my 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 Family Guy episode, um, my Family Guy spotlight. Uh, also listen to uh, melodic shapes in that song as well because there's some very interesting things happening in that song. Also um, orchestration. Wise, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that too. So we'll get to that uh, eventually. But uh, all right, one more song to go. Okay, so uh, one more song now I want to talk about, and uh, we'll uh, turn it back to, we'll end this uh, this main topic on a lighter note. I want to end with something happier <laughs> because it is Christmas after all. And I want to talk about a, a cl- another classic Christmas movie, uh, at least in, in my time, in my childhood. Uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol is uh, probably a classic it's based off of the story by Charles Dickens and uh, with all Muppets characters. So it's great. And there's uh, uh, lots of great music in it. And the one song I want to focus on is actually, it's the very last song uh, before the finale. Um, it's called Thankful Heart. And I feel like, I don't know if this, if. Uh, if it's just me, if I just didn't remember this song um, when I watched this as a kid, I honestly had a, a very short attention span. So I, I, I only remember like the first half of the movie and then I probably just stopped watching. But the, the song Thankful Heart at the very end, this is like the this is what the whole movie is leading to. And, and uh, you know, this this song is proof of Ebenezer Scrooge's uh, growth as a character throughout the story. You know, he's uh, he, the, he learns the true meaning of Christmas uh, by the time he sings the song. you know, this is the realization is, you know, you just, you know, you have to be appreciative of other people. And, you know, this is a time for giving, you know, this really what Christmas is all about. I feel like they really nailed it with this song. And what's amazing about this song is how simple it is. It's, it's not too complicated. It's just, it's the very last song before the finale. So it isn't even really like the big grand finale, but it's setting you up for that. And what's amazing about it is just, how simple it is, but how beautiful it is and how it really just, the message is so straightforward. I wish I was that good at writing a song that was as straightforward as this song is. And it's really, it's, it's really nice because it's, it's very straightforward. It's just a, 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 -A B, a basically. Um, That's the form. And then there's like a simple tagged ending. There's, it's very like standard song structure. The form is very standard. Um, but it's just such a perfect way to um, convey the message, and that's what's so great is using a just a very common song form that our ears are used to li- listening to. Um, and it's just amazing how you know the same you, music can you know take go a lot of different ways, but there's certain ways that it has always stayed the same and our ears will always you know like music that follows you know certain guidelines. I'm gonna say guidelines, not rules because it's okay to break rules in music sometimes but there's just certain traditions that our our ears have grown accustomed to and and certain things that uh our brains latch onto when we listen to music no matter what type of song it is. This song is so great because really uh you know between you know like easily um easily expressed lyrics it's not it's not really, you know, fancy. They're they're pretty um um they're pretty clear and then you 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 couple that with uh, like, very strong chord progressions, a lot of, like, you know, these very strong chord progressions, like I was talking about in uh, uh, Spirit of the Season in the the one Polar Express song, uh, or actually, no, it wasn't in that one, it was in the Polar Express song, the very first song in the movie, um, how at the end of that, at the end of each section of the, like, the main of the verse, um, you had this very strong chord progression leading up to, um, on the Polar Express, like, you had that um, like the, the period to the sentence, like you had a very strong uh, bass line getting you to the end of that phrase, getting you to the end of that uh, sentence, like a, getting you to the end of that section, uh, like a period, like putting a strong period on it. Well, this song does the, uh, pretty much the same thing. There's a very strong root movement that, that allows the song to get back to the one chord and just listen to it because of how, and, and it also, um, Again, like the title of the song comes into play at the very end of this section, Thankful Heart. Listen to how this bass line and this whole chord progression really, you know, sounds final. You get this, um, this sense of, uh, you get this strong sense of resolution at the end of uh, every section, every, at the end of every verse. And just listen to it, it's just so beautiful.
1: Yes, and every night will end and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful.
0: See, it's just—it's gorgeous. It's such a gorgeous, um, strong uh, chord progression. But then, uh, even right before that, there's another element to the song that is very nice. uh, How there's like this great repetition. Like it's very simple repetition, but it's like kind of getting you. It's 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 making that strong resolution at the end that much more. You're you're anticipating it that much more because of the repetition that happens um, right before that and so i'll i'll play that back i'll play like the the section just before the final resolution so you can hear how that that extra anticipation and that repeti- and that repetition leads you to the end of the phrase so there's not just a strong resolution but there's like a strong um, like tension that's kind of building up not not tension like in a rough way just you know like a sense of it that it's not settled yet. So like you're, you're, this is how you like build a phrase. We're building like a very strong, we're communicating a very effective um, sentence, if you will, with this piece of music. So I'll play it back now. And so you can hear that the whole rest of that whole end of that, uh, section of the verse, rather than uh, just the resolution, so you can kind of hear how it builds up.
1: With a thankful heart, with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me, nephew and niece to me, will bring love, hope, and peace to me, love, love, and peace to me, yes, and every night will end, and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful
0: See there you go. And so seeing as how we have this very simple repetition in this song, I think I mentioned something about this also in uh was it in when I was talking about Polar Express, I can't remember where there um there's like even in songs, even in orchestral music like film soundtracks and stuff like that. There's still um it's still possible to have great repetition in a song. It's not always pop songs that are uh that are repetitive and and that's why we like pop songs. Uh, that there, even there's repetition, even in, you know, uh, orchestral like soundtracks and stuff like that. So you really get a sense of, so like, it really doesn't matter what style of music is, what style of music it is. There's always, um, as long as you have repetition, like, and if it's a good idea to repeat, like if it's worth repeating, um, then yes, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very nice song. Um, sometimes, you know, repetition is annoying. certain That's why certain bad songs get stuck in our heads, you know, like, uh like the the Rebecca Black song Friday or whatever like the sometimes rep- repetition is bad but a repetition at the same time can also ha- get you a great song so that's what i just think is so great about this song is that it's so simple very end of the movie um really is just supposed to you know ha- give a, a a a sense that it's finished give like that the movie is finished before going into the grand finale um so like you've just got this really nice repetition like building up Um, just this is a a classic example if you want to learn songwriting like this is a classic example thankful heart uh, is a classic example of um, how to write just a a nice strong song it's not very long either so it's like you remember more of the song there's not a whole lot of extra fluff in it Um, so yeah and then you throw in you know sleigh bells you've got this really nice um, uh, orchestral arrangement and uh boom you've got a very strong song to close out this movie and so i think um and i think that's also a good way to close this list you know um a thankful heart has such a great message i just hope that um during the holidays uh no matter what goes on in uh politics or you know anything any of that sort of thing you know this is the time of year just you know please treat each other with the uh, the uh the utmost respect um, if you can. And, uh, you know, just um, be be thankful um, for the life that you have now, and hopefully we can continue to move forward. I just think this song is such a great message. Uh, sorry to get all deep on you there, but uh, I thought this song was so perfect for, uh, especially at this time, and this movie and this uh, story has been told, uh, you know, so many times. I feel like, you know, now more than ever, we need to, you know, really adhere to these values that are in these songs. So, Um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's, those are my favorite Christmas songs, at least some of them. There's so many more, um, there's just so many more songs in the, in the commercial music industry that I, uh, that I really like. And then also traditional Christmas, Christmas songs, um, Deck the Halls is one of my favorite, you know, just general Christmas songs around this time. Um, but yeah, that's, but that's it. I just wanted to share some of, some of my favorite Christmas songs and I just, I hope you really enjoyed this list and, uh, I, I look forward to getting back to, um, some, some other, uh popular, uh, musical subjects, but, uh, I just wanted to, I thought it would be a great idea to do a Christmas episode and, uh, uh, shoot me an email or send me a face, a uh, message on my, uh, my Facebook, my business page, uh, meet city music on Facebook. And yeah, I just love to hear what, what you all, uh, thought of these songs and, uh, and w- what your favorite Christmas songs are. I think this is just such a fun time of year. And uh, I'm already looking forward to next year. So um, uh, I'll have plenty of time to think about what I want to do for that one. I'll I'll have to do something even more special than this one was. So, um, all right, that's going to do it. At this time, I like to bring in my special guest once again. And uh, this episode, again, I have my brother Alex. Yay!
1: Good, good, good to be back. I love that family guy.
0: Yeah, I I like that song. I mean, I think that "Christmas Time Is Killing Us" is a little bit better. I think it's a more well written song as a song. Yeah, but uh, I think they're both great. I I enjoy both of them. I, what are some of your favorite? Um, like Christmas, Christmas movie, like soundtracks, like what, uh, or or least favorite, like what, uh, in from movies, mm. are some of your favorite songs, or even scores. I would even accept like different musical scores. <laughs>
1: <laughs> blanking. <laughs> blanking, totally blanking. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just so many Christmas movies and episodes. Like, right, it's. Christmas episodes are obligatory, you know, almost in Yeah. In, in TV. Um um let's see Die Hard also very high on people's Christmas movie list. <laughs> Technically that, a Christmas movie. Uh, yes, the score serves that movie well, yeah. but not a Christmas. It's not very like cheerful. It's just a movie. That's okay. That takes place at Christmas.
0: Like The like, Nutcracker. Like <laughs> the Nutcracker. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, isn't that, isn't that weird to say like by that logic, the Nutcracker and Die Hard are just as Christmassy. Like, I mean,
1: I, I'm a sucker for the classics and like all of those like TV specials that came out in like the sixties and, oh yeah, and like Mm -hmm. Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Rose Reindeer and they had Jimmy Durante and singing the, you know, songs and stuff.
0: I was just looking up a list on uh, ASCAP. ASCAP released a list of the thirty most played uh, Christmas songs of the in the past fifty years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, those were a lot. Of, or I think Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer was like number nine, hmm. and then you had uh, uh, what else was on that list? Uh, I'm trying from from those movies. Frosty the Snowman was in the top twenty somewhere. Good. Um, yeah. Number one was. Uh, Oh, Santa Claus is coming to town, I think. Oh. Was number my,
1: 1. My well, one of my personal favorite um Christmas
0: like traditional Christmas songs.
1: Yeah, traditional Christmas songs is Silver
0: Bells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just I love Silver Bells. Uh, yeah.
1: it just it sets just a perfect mood that's absolutely suited to Christmas. Yeah. And um you know, in the in the hectic you know time of year that it can be you listen oh i listen to silver bells and it's just like
0: silver bell <laughs> silver, <laughs> bells. silver bells
1: um yeah
0: i love that and,
1: yeah and the verses are very like the, the imagery is great
0: uh there's a great version of silver bells have you have i showed you the one the version by harry connick jr silver bells yeah i think you did and i think he actually arranged it i don't know if he did all the orchestration i don't know if he's if he's if he does that stuff mm, yeah. um but he's like he's a harry connick jr is a true musician um and there's a fantastic arrangement i'll have to um i'll have to play that maybe next time okay
1: did you talk about the santa claus with Tim Allen? no i haven't oh my gosh the christmas there, music yeah I There's, there is good music in that, that isn't it? That, I
0: couldn't remember all I remember from that is uh uh I'm dreaming of a white christmas that that version of that song uh that
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. see we both know it exactly <laughs> yeah. right um, um yeah well, I mean we both love that movie growing up but um the but also the the Oh right. It's it's Yeah, that's a, a it's that's a great theme. That's pretty much the theme of the, yeah, that's, the movie. Yeah, that's the musical theme of the movie.
0: I wanna yeah. see actually I wanna look up and see who that was really quick. Yeah. Um yeah, who did great, the score. Great
1: movie, great score. And like uh it had it captured the magic of that one that movie really captured the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. In part, well, and how dude, old were we? Let's movie. see. It
0: came out in 1994. We were—I was three. <laughs> well, yeah, I was but three years old. We
1: watched it well after. Well, after that, like when we were ten, twelve,
0: fifteen. You know. Yeah. But I just can't believe how th- it was that long ago that we. Um,
1: Isn't that crazy though? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see, all cast and crew.
1: I mean, that was like really at the height of Tim Allen's. You know popularity with Toy Story and Home Improvement and
0: yeah, oh the classics. There we go. Uh, Michael Michael Convertino Convertino. I
1: wonder what I don't else know he's who done. that is.
0: Um, Santa Claus Bull Durham. Nothing else that I would really even know. I'm looking through his. Oh, Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> How about that? That's funny. more Tim Allen. That's interesting. Well, yeah, so I I don't know every once in a while a composer comes up that I I have to check him out cuz every once in a while there's a guy that comes up that I just do not recognize. Yep. yep. And then but like the Santa Claus too, like that theme is very it just seems very appropriate. It's it it really makes sense for the holidays. It feels like a very festive melody. It mm-hmm. feels like a very festive theme. Mm-hmm. Um and the whole score is almost feels like something but it it almost sounds like, you know, like a I don't know, like a, from one of the Newmans, like one of those one yeah one of those yeah, scores I see what you're or even like Alan Silvestri. Like there's just so many like composers that have done like a lot of popular films. Yeah. And you know, they have like it's kind of like Space Jam because when Alex uh when Alex Reed and I went to see Space uh Space Jam, uh Alex Reed, I think is going to be my guest next week, by the way. I'll intro- formally introduce you to him. Uh but he, we went to see Space Jam and I, James Newton Howard did the uh uh the music for Space Jam and that like it has such a unique like he's done so many major films but everything sounds different like it's sound, not everything sounds so appropriate and I was watching a video some guy did about um he he did King Kong and the get this guy was kind of picking apart that score a little bit and it's just Mm -hmm, like it's just so amazing how like just two totally different movies and he really like that's like master composer right there just really Mm -hmm. changing up the the feel and but that's what these guys do is that they uh they are they make sure they write what's relevant to the movie you know they don't Mm. um like these marvel films a little bit we've been i've been talking a lot about this lately too is um with different people it's like the the Marvel movie soundtracks all kind of feel uh the same the same yeah, like they don't they don't sound distinct from one another, not that there's not interesting things happening, but it just doesn't feel like that that score is married to that movie. I feel like they they're interchangeable like they're they're writing to the action that's on screen, but not uh there's no distinct theme that's really aside from the Avengers theme which was by Alan Silvestri I believe oh. uh, in the from the first Avengers movie who for those of you who don't know he also did like Back to the Future I think yeah I might be getting people mixed up uh, but uh um, cuz I tend to do that but yeah it's so like these Marvel films you know I, I did you see Doctor Strange Mm-mm. I felt like it wasn't until Doctor Strange uh, Michael Michael Giacchino did the score for that one? Oh well, then, that and would make sense. I feel like that was the first time that really he wrote a different. Uh, he had like a good theme, but he was able to transform that theme through different wherever they were. You know, like in the movie, they jump between settings in in uh, London, New York. Um, yeah, but going back to uh, going back to Christmas a little bit, like the Santa Claus was one of those scores that was just really, you know, distinct for that movie. Just felt like a Really classic film. I don't. I wish I could remember like something from a, a little bit later, like maybe Christmas with the Cranks, one of those movies, or another comedy. You know, I can't really remember what uh, what those. There's Elf? so many different. Right, Elf. What is did the score for Elf? Danny Elfman. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, gosh, there's just so many people. I'm so bad, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's just so many composers. Well, I mean, um, I wish I knew all of them, but there's just there's so you many gotta
1: get a degree in it
0: there's so many movies though it's like there's just so many movies how do you you know they can't it's not like the same guy or one or two guys can do all the movies you right. know right so were there any other like favorite um or least favorite what about least favorite christmas you know anything I don't know, I'm a sucker for Christmas. I felt that I was felt that some of those Polar Express songs didn't really make sense. Well, they were fun okay. fun songs, but just not Christmas Now that related. you bring that up.
1: <laughs> that was just one of those movies that really didn't hit home for me. Me neither. Uh, like I I was uh, I think I, it was the fact that it was just Tom Hanks's voice like 50 times maybe. And <laughs> he like they did a pretty good job disguising it and but like it just you could i know it's part of the idea of the movie but right it just i don't think it worked like just have this totally transporting journey and don't right. have it be the dad's voice and the santa's voice and the conductor's voice it's just like right right you know I uh, anyway and yeah then hot chocolate we did i remember singing hot chocolate in in high school choir yeah oh you singing in choir i was saying yeah.
0: how I, I we played that that a uh, jazz band jazz ensemble arrangement yeah in middle school yeah i was i also said earlier how i played that rocking on top of the world song in the car oh. for you and you couldn't like you knew i was it was cool that you knew it was you know rocking on top of the world like yeah top as in north pole you yeah. know but yeah uh but yeah, that was that was impressive. But it's still like, how do you know what movie that is unless yeah, that, you've seen it a million exactly, times? Exactly. Is exactly. Is that song it, it, like? Is that song like at the end of the movie or something? I no, it was. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Or sometimes they just make songs like that for the credits only. Yeah,
1: I can't. I feel like it's maybe in the credits. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember it in the movie. Um, uh, but um. Yeah. No. You. So. You but said, still, it's like you said least favorite songs, and as you were talking about that rocking on top of the world, I thought of uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh. Okay. I okay. Detest that. Song. <laughs> really. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just the vocals. Actually, yeah.
0: I feel like that. Yes, rocking around. Yeah, like, like um, it's a
1: good song. You don't have to try and convince me. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've, n- to be honest, I've never really been a huge fan of Jingle Bell Rock.
1: Uh, you know, I'm behind you on that too. Really?
0: Oh yeah, I'm behind you. Yeah, let's keep going. Is there any other like <laughs> traditional? We keep we keep kind of bouncing around um, between like movies and and traditional Christmas songs. I'm I like the clap, you know, like. A uh, little drummer boy. Those are those are nice. I, I enjoy those. I think uh, I think every
1: once in a while, and I think it's a little overdone, but every once in a while you'll get a real, um, a really nice version of Noel, the first Noel. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm.
0: that's a really uh, nice. Maybe song. I said Josh
1: Groban. That may be my a good one.
0: Maybe one of my favorites as well. Yeah.
1: Like you know, it's one of those that if yeah. you're a crooner, everyone's gonna do that song.
0: Yeah, unfortunately there's gonna be a lot of covers of that. But yeah. it's a great song. I think yeah. it's well written. Yeah. Um Deck the Halls is another one of my oh, one of my yeah. favorite uh traditional uh, more I, traditional songs. Maybe
1: if you can find it. Remember I've told you this before. There was a Deck the Halls in seven eight time. This is one of my favorite Oh really? Oh my favorite arrangements oh. of a Christmas song. Interesting. Yeah, it I'll was look Deck it. the Halls in Seven Eight. It was awesome. We sang it. That was a, a cool. chor- choral piece, I think we sang. Yeah, it
0: would be like that Deck the halls with boughs Bows of, of holly, poly. la 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 <laughs> la la la, <laughs> yeah. la, la. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Da it da was that. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, something like that. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, those are those are fun. If you mm. can, if you can do a good, like Christmas arrangement, that's the that'll make you a few bucks. Lots of good stuff. Uh, it's interesting how everything's kind of. There's lots of like you know more religious, you know, uh, religious Christmas songs, mm. uh, and then there's like the more commercial christmas songs and then uh christmas movies it's just i think it's such a fun it's it's the most wonderful time of the year (laughs) well Um, i mean it's such a great time for music although the people do get carried away a little bit especially with those commercials oh man i think well i Um, mean
1: it's it's such an integral part of western culture christmas as a holiday and the and how it's evolved and celebrated over the centuries you know you can track that through music which is awesome you know yeah it's pretty great you know people classical composers you know or before were thinking about christmas and writing their own christmas yeah i'm sure
0: tchaikovsky was just so excited to like oh this music's gonna be played every christmas season (laughs) yeah well maybe not the nutcracker <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't even think he liked i don't think tchaikovsky liked the Nutcracker. well i mean nutcracker. i'm i'm
1: not an expert in like you know baroque or classical i mean music, who knows but yeah like, i don't know i'm not like, a historian but like bach and like those guys were you know christian so they celebrated christmas and they pro- they wrote probably christmas masses and things like
0: that too so it's cool yeah well uh Alex thanks so much i think we uh we definitely covered a lot of ground uh yeah we did this episode it was fun. <laughs> um well, I appreciate uh all the input It's nice to have uh another person come in and kind of share their you know their perception of Christmas and Christmas music and all that stuff. So, Absolutely, anytime. Um, and I'm sure the, the uh, listeners will—they de- deserve a nice break from listening to me ramble about <laughs> everything. So um, <laughs> so I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to you, we'll, I'll look forward to having you on again the next time.
1: Absolutely, looking forward Hopefully to
0: Hopefully it. it's not next Christmas. <laughs> it should be. I I'll make not. sure it's sooner than that. So. I hope not. Okay. Cool. All right, thanks.
1: Well, I appreciate it.
0: Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in once again. I'm Zach Demas, and you've been listening to The Soundtrack. Hey, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, please feel free to subscribe via iTunes and uh, also Blueberry.com. I just got the podcast uploaded um, to that directory as well. Um, that's especially great for uh, Android users who can't use iTunes. Um, this uh, Blueberry.com, I think it's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y or something like that. It's spelled kind of weird. Um, but you can go to that uh, website and you'll see it there. Uh, and there should be a way to subscribe if you have an Android phone. Uh, so that way everybody hopefully has access to this podcast. And uh, hopefully you'll all subscribe and, uh, and uh, get psyched for some more uh, great stuff. we got some more great stuff coming up. Uh, and also while you're at it, uh, I'm, I am on Patreon as well. So uh, uh, just go to my website, www.mutecitymusic.com. Uh, there's a tab for the soundtrack on, on my website. You just go there, and uh, there's a link to Patreon. and uh, So please feel free to subscribe, uh, uh, become a patron, I should say. Uh, lots of great rewards for people who uh, contribute, and uh, I can keep making great episodes like this, and there, I have some great uh, goals that I'd like to meet, um, and hopefully you guys will be able to help me out there. So, um, yeah, get psyched, because uh, next episode, um, I'm going to be doing a, a Star Wars podcast, uh, I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it yet, but, uh, I do know that I want to do Star Wars because a little movie called Rogue One is coming out, uh, Star Wars Rogue One's coming out next month, so, uh, I figured I'd do, uh, a, a big Star Wars episode, uh, in celebration of the latest release, so I hope you look forward, I hope you're looking forward to that, and, uh, Man, And you guys just have a great – have a Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday season. Happy holidays. Uh, Please stay safe out there and take care of each other. And I will uh, look forward to talking to you guys again. All right. Take care, guys. I am out.